Todd for breakfast. We are very fortunate to have a very special guest in the studio with us today. Uh, Damien Cotter, assistant coach with the Chicago Bulls, uh, but his resume is uh, quite an extensive one. We'll probably touch on it here and there as we uh, have our conversation. But Damien, thanks so much for uh, well popping into the studio, but uh, most of all coming to the Midwest. It's great to be here, Todd. Like it's the first time. Yeah, that I've been in this part of the country, and it's it's been beautiful. Oh, great to hear. Because uh, I know you're a very busy man. So, uh, look, let's uh, jump straight in. So, Chicago Bulls, massive legacy um, that pretty much people around the world know about. What was that like for you going in for that interview and and getting that job? Was there any kind of a intimidation? Were you intimidated at all? No, it wasn't like that. Like I moved over to the states about five years ago, and. Um, my first job was just as an assistant coach with the G League team from Brooklyn. And then the following year, I be- became a lead assistant at the Washington Wizards uh, G League team. And then I moved to Chicago to be the head coach of their G League team. Mm-hmm. And then there was some management uh, changes. And uh, I was very fortunate that the new management came in had been watching my G League team play. Oh, okay. And they gave me an opportunity. So it really wasn't an interview. Um, I thought I was going to be in the G League for 10 years. I really loved it, the development side of it. And, you know, I do – every time I walk into work and I look up and see the logo, like it – I never get tired of that. And and (laughs) I'm pretty grateful to be part of a club. You know, like we've we've got our battles. You know, Mm. we're we're, we're trying to – we're in the struggle to to reestablish ourselves – um, but it is pretty cool. Yeah. And then when we play at other ev- arenas, it's like we have a hometown yeah. uh, support sometimes. It's quite amazing. It's, yeah. it's just really amazing. That's incredible. So, look, um, you've um, coached, been involved with basketball in Australia at a state, national level, Olympics, FIBA, all of that. Um, it is an absolutely incredible resume. But, of course, you know, where does that all start? You know, that 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 passion for coaching or, or really want to pursue it, realise that, this is actually what I want to do. Yeah, I, that's an, <laughs> they're not easy answers. They're short yeah. answers, and I get long-winded. <laughs> and you know, just give me the hurry-up button. Right. And, but uh, you know, I love the game, and, and and you know, I I grew up on the outskirts of Melbourne, um, and uh, uh, smaller communities, and fell in love with the game, and and then from there, you know, most coaches have some sort of reason for starting coaching mm. and uh i had a lot of injuries I, I had really uh grand designs on a you know this huge successful playing career but the re- reality is it was probably a blessing in disguise i started yeah. coaching early and i was quite reluctant doing it i was coaching younger brothers teams because no one else would and mm. um i was coaching the second level what was known as a siebel uh in the southeast of this country and it probably wasn't until about three or four years after that doing that, I was like, I probably going, probably could do this for a living, yeah. and um, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And you know, but if you told me, if you even told me ten years ago yeah. I'd be doing what I'm doing, I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> uh, we are chatting to uh, Damien Cotto, assistant coach with the Chicago Bulls. So, I mean, you mentioned, you know, seeing that logo, seeing that bull, you know, it makes you smile. Um, what about other kind of pinch yourself moments? Because, you know, um, been involved with basketball, number of different countries, you know, Opals, of course. Have there been any other moments that are just like, I'm actually here? 
I, I think my, my first time I got to represent my country mm. um, with the junior national team, that was a definite goal. Uh, you know, being part of the Olympic team with the Opals. Um, and, and, you know, like even just being like we, we won a championship. I coached this Knox Raiders and we won a championship in 2006. That was, that was they, they're all sort mm -hmm. of warm experiences. And, and then I, I really enjoy these days. Like I was lucky in the, when I was coaching the Windy City Bulls G League team. You know, we had Max Struess and uh, who plays for Miami, who starts for Miami. Mm. And so I get a kick out of yeah. that stuff when you see a, a young blokes that kicked on. You know, yesterday caught up with uh, a Shay McDonald that's running the, the Waste Institute of Sport women's program, and that was cool. Yeah. You know, it's cool when you see these young people that you've been involved with that are still kicking on and doing successful mm. things. So I never get sick of that. Yeah. That's great. It's great that it's so rewarding as well. You know, as you say, you know, being able to see these guys and girls come up uh, through the years and get on that national or international stage. Yeah, it's got to be absolutely amazing. So, um, look, just in regards to uh, coaching itself, you know, with any kind of industry at all, um, I'm sure there's kind of um, uh, myths or, or misconceptions when it comes to certain roles and what people do. What about when it comes down to coaching? Is there any kind of, I guess, myths or ideas that people hold when it comes to coaching that perhaps you'd like to dispel? Like, eh, it's not all about this. It's it's not all about that. Just to kind of get people's mind straight as it's to exactly what coaching is. Uh, it's a tough question. You know, like I, I think you're in the in the business of uh, people management mm -hmm. in, in your relationships. I, I think most coaches would agree with that statement. If you can't get, if you can't motivate people, if you can't connect mm -hmm. with people, if you can't connect other people, you're going to struggle. So I do think that's very important. Um, but it's it's. Well, I, I think another thing, like I, this was said to me, and I. Uh, quite a few years ago and I, I use it and it's like coaching it's it's a great job but it's a crappy profession yeah. <laughs> you know there's not a lot of stability at times mm -hmm. and and uh, you know like for all the great things about it you know that there's a there's an element of uh, some you know uh, uh, distrust and what's gonna you know like there's not a lot of security at times mm -hmm. and you know so it, it gets it, it does have that challenges and um and and through the highs and lows of it you, you most coaches are pretty resilient yeah. you know because of of the nature of the sport and you you're pretty much opening yourself up every time you know especially high profile coaching positions where you're going to be criti criticized yeah. and even the local under 10 coach gets oh, criticized yeah. for, <laughs> for, you know, like uh, coming out of the court on Saturday morning for not, you know, playing little Johnny enough. There's, there's yeah. all that. So it's a tough job and, you know, like it's been wonderful just coming out here and, and working with volunteer coaches because that's how I started and, you know, like in, it's been really cool. So how do you keep your, your head straight or your mind straight? You know, maybe you just want to take your mind off basketball for a, for a couple of hours, something like that, or, or maybe a day or two. How do you kind of keep you, up your own mental health, keep I, your own head straight? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think um, everybody's different. Uh, for me, I, I recently, in COVID, I picked up uh, guitar lessons. So I've been doing, that's what I do. Um, I'm a massive uh, fish geek. I have a big tropical yeah. tank at home in Chicago, oh, wow. and that requires me. I got to look after them, yeah. you know. So those fish, so that kit gets me out of the funk of the job, which you need mm. to do. 
but there's a little bit like it's my passion what i do mm. and, and basketball's been my passion since i was eight and uh, i'm lucky to be able to li be living that so you know there's not a lot of time i really need to mm. to have a break i'm on on here on holidays and i'm yeah. <laughs> here i am chatting to you about what yeah. i do for a job like it, it's to me it's not work mm. you know i'm very very lucky yeah, that's great. So, look, um, this month in Western Australia, it's uh, plating up WA. So, you know, there's a number of different restaurants, cafes, uh, food um, places that will, you know, specialise in certain um, dishes with Western Australian product. And it kind of inspired me to ask you, you've been on the road a lot, eaten a lot of meals on the road. Is there one that stands out at all um, through all your years, where all your travels, are there any, is there a particular meal, all meals that stand out to you the most like, man, you know, uh, when I got to Chicago, oh, the pizza or something like that. Was there anything that really stood out to you? Like, my God, this funny, is amazing. It's funny you mentioned the pizza. The pizza mm. last night stood out, but not for a, <laughs> not for positive <laughs> okay. reasons. Um, actually, when it comes to pizza, like Brooklyn, when mm. I moved to Brooklyn, like New York pizza, that spoiled me forever. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That um, I'm pretty adventurous. Like, like the, the game's given me a lot as far as travel, so I'll, I'll go anywhere. Yeah. Nice. And I always ask my host to take me where there's no other tourists and, mm. and just try and eat the local cuisines. But uh, the, the one that stands out, the Brooklyn pizza is pretty special. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I've gone to Sri Lanka quite a few times and, you know, you can get a pretty good curry there, mm. you know. So they're probably the two that stand in mind, nice. you know. But when I come home, the two things I look, try and get yeah. a Good meat pie. Yeah. <laughs> and then go get some fish and chips somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the meat pie and fish and chip situation like over there? There is, it, it doesn't really exist. Yeah. There's, there's actually an Australian pie shop in Chicago that I went oh. to once. So, but I wait till I come back here. I've done it once, yeah. you know? It's so, <laughs> you know, like it's Americans' fatuations with, with Australians. Um, mm. You know, you put Australia on, America loves it, but yeah. this pie shop's probably not doing us justice. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we need to sort them out. <laughs> yeah. We're chatting to uh, Damien Cotter once again, Chicago Bulls assistant coach uh, in town uh, for a coaching clinic. And again, really appreciate your time. Now, before I let you go, we had someone send in some questions for you. Um, it's nothing too risque. So, all right. So best experience you've had in a uh, NBA game? Oh, there's so many. Um, geez, that's a, let's put it on. What's the best experience that we've had? <laughs> well, making the playoffs for the first time in a long time, that, that was good. Um, unfortunately for me, I missed the first two games of the series because I had COVID, mm -hmm. uh, but that was good. Um, you know, we, we, had, we had a lot of uh, challenges this year with injuries and stuff like that to, to get into a playoff game, playing game and play the way we did against Toronto. Um, I actually thought we were going to beat Miami, and they, uh, and they, they beat us and went on and had a ph phenomenal yeah. run. Um, but, you know, I, it sort of stands out to me because we play so many games. Yeah. And in such close, like the year before, just this season, like DeMar DeRozan went on this tear for a month, you know, just before uh, the new year of average in mid-30s. And I'd never seen anything like mm -hmm. that. That was just a privilege to watch. Um and and you just but you, you sit there. I have the best seat in the house, yeah. and I see these <laughs> unbelievable players. Whether they're playing performances from our team or other teams, like mm. it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Um, do, 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 do. Someone asked, "What's LeBron like? Have you met LeBron?" I have not met LeBron. 
Um, I have massive respect for LeBron mm. and what he's achieved and the discipline that's required. And even this year in the playoffs, I thought he was superb. How he got their, t you know, the, the, what the year that they've had and and all that they went through to do what they did in the playoffs. And you know, he's getting on, but he's still it's still quite amazing what he's able to do considering his age. Yeah. Um, uh, someone else asked, "Have you met uh, Michael Jordan?" No, mm -hmm. no. I, I Michael owns the Charlotte uh, Hornets, and uh, Michael is is a, I guess a rival owner. Yeah. So we don't really have anything formal to do with him. But there's a fantastic statue of him at the United Center, which which is for people that are Bulls fans. It's a pretty cool thing to yeah. come and look at. Now the debate does rage, and generally, when they people talk about the goat, it is between LeBron and Jordan a lot of the time. Oh, yeah, you said it wasn't going to be anything risque. <laughs> well, all right, we'll skip that one then. No, we no, we, we can talk about it because I, I like to do this. Because it is different eras, but in terms of impact on the game, you know, you look at Jordan, and wow, like it took the world by storm, and, and LeBron very much the same. I mean, his skills phenomenal, and you could definitely say LeBron hundred percent is the goat. But what do you say? What do I say? I like to ask this question. What about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Why doesn't he get spoken about? What about, about Bill Russell? You yeah. know, like these guys impacted winning as well. And LeBron beat Kareem's, mm. or uh, beats the wrong word, it scored more points this year, broke his record. And Kareem won a lot of titles mm. as well. So, Is it more the hype that comes from the media that we talk uh, about LeBron and no, Jordan more I, I, than... They're, they're tremendous players. Oh, yeah, of course. And, yeah. And, and we're missing it. We never talk about Kobe. Mm. So, you know, like... I, I really, you know, like uh, I'm very fortunate. We have a guy on staff who's a Hall of Fame. His name's Maurice Cheeks. He played for the Philadelphia 76ers with Julius Irving. So he played on great teams. And, you know, we always discuss this, but, and, and he likes my Kareem point. Yeah. So I, I sort of carry that a little <laughs> bit. But I don't know, like Jordan, you know, once he got good role players around him, and and he was tr tremendous. LeBron's done some things without that, which is which is to be respected. And I actually think when you know, like I hope I'm wrong, um, but you know, you've got what Jokic is doing now uh, with Denver. I I hope I'm wrong because I hope we get to beat yeah. them. But <laughs> that that could be another one. Like yeah. it's you know he was unlucky not to get a third MVP, and if they go on a little dynasty here, which they've got the team to do it, mm. it's just a you could debate oh, around this yeah. forever, and it'll it's, never end. You know, you, you open a bottle of wine and off you go, yeah. and you you walk <laughs> away from it not agreeing with yeah. each other's points, but. Yeah, I think there's other people that should be bought into the yeah. conversation. That's, that's my go. short Good answer. Good advice there from Damien. So uh, just finally, again, really appreciate your time. Um, basketball in Australia, um, you know, whether you're looking at, at a national or international level, how do you see it at the moment? It seems to be going from strength to strength. I mean, yeah. there was probably a bit of a dip in the 90s from what I remember in terms of the popularity of the viewership and all that, but it's definitely come storming back. I think you, you look at it in a, in a couple of different lenses like I, I do think the NBL's done a very good job at creating a public space I, I've always felt the grassroots you know whether it's basketball Australia uh, the state bodies um, as such as basketball B, uh, WA and then you go local I've always done a tremendous job like I think we've got nine guys in the NBA right now and that's a product of our grassroots mm. you know and, and that's we've had 
we've had a, a lot of players in the NBA. That's not been an unusual thing. And in basketball in Australia is so well respected. Now, where I'm at at the moment, I get a lot of executives ask me about player A, player B. Mm. And it's players now that they're really doing their research on. You know, they're starting to identify potential kids at 15. So I, I, I think the, the grassroots, the pathway does a tremendous job. And, and that was being done in the 90s. Yeah. Basketball might not have had a, a sort of public stature as it does now. And, and the NBL has done good work with that. But, but I, I think the community and, and mm. it's the people I'll be talking to tonight, yeah. they're all part of that, you know. So everybody plays a part. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, uh, Damien, once again, really appreciate your time. Um, all your best with your travels and, uh, yeah, the coaching clinic tonight. And, uh, well, I guess the best for the next season as well. Yeah, I hope so. Thanks, Todd. It was great to have a chat with you, mate.